Oh boy, that was so much. That was so much. But we are here. We are here. It took such a long time and a long while because of technological situations. The same thing happened in um in Lexi's episode. Like my iPad was not trying to work for me. It was not trying to it wasn't trying to do anything that I was asking it to do. And I just couldn't understand why. Like I purchased you, I take care of you, I charge you, I upgrade you. I don't know why you are treating me this way, but whatever. Yes, be all glory. Anyway, let's just hop into this. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Becoming Creative. I always want to take the time to just thank everybody for supporting it, for downloading it, for subscribing. Like y'all, y'all are out here, and I really appreciate it because it—I don't know. I guess it's just encouraging. It's—it's it's just encouraging. Mm-hmm. I think it's encouraging every time you do anything and people are like, oh, okay, yeah, I dig it. I I see that. (laughs) And so, like, thank you for doing that. Um, This episode uh, is going to be a great one because we are having to re-record it. So anything that you know, you got to (laughs) re-record because technology decides we are not capturing this. We're only going to capture half. Mm. That tells me that somebody mad. And so um, I know that this is a worthy conversation, a worthy story to be heard. And so we're going to make sure that it's heard. And so this is a re-record of becoming healed. Did we say healed or whole? Becoming healed. Uh, I think you said whole. Whole? Yeah, let's go with that. Okay. Becoming whole. We're going to go with that. Um, This... uh, this story or this not really a story because it's this talk this conversation um it really i was initially really prompted to make sure we captured it make sure we talked about it because i don't think a lot of people hear about people's like health journeys like we Mm -hmm. always hear about the miracles where it's like it was immediate like oh uh, this was broken i felt god heal it and like it was just immediate but this was like a whole process that God mm-hmm. like took you through. And I think one for me to be able to like witness the whole thing and kind of be with you during it was pretty wild. Right. And, and you guys will hear why. And so before we get into all of that, I want to welcome to the pod, my girl, Shannon, my girl, Shannon Dior. I don't know if you want me to put your last name out there or whatever, in case people want to hit you up. I don't know. and so i want you guys to get very familiar with her kind of like how i talked about with lexi she is one of my people she is one of my people and um i saw this video recently about like soul ties or whatever or Mm -hmm. soul mates Mm -hmm. and clearly we are not soul mates but i just think that the lord is able to like really do a lot of amazing things where he gives you people for a particular reason and for a purpose for a time and thankfully you're one of my people that i feel like is for like my lifetime so i'm appreciative of that 
I know. That means, uh, I know. When I said it, I was like, wow. Wow. That was, that was yeah, pretty strong. That's good. that's good, though. Yeah. Yeah. So I want you guys to welcome Shannon to the pod. Um, She'll be on here regularly. And so I just want you to kind of introduce yourself and give people a little feel of who you are. Yeah, sure. Um, I think I started out the other one that didn't record with, I always like to start out with clearly my name. My name is Shannon Dior. Um, I hail from the Boogie Down South Bronx, born and raised. Come on, come on somebody. Public school educated, HBCU educated. Um, I always, always like to start off with that. I'm an auntie mom and people always ask, what's that? Like I have three, well, I really have four nieces and nephews three of them that live with me and my nephew is it was like an epiphany he just made it very clear he was like you know you're my auntie and you're like my mom so like you're my auntie mom and it just stuck and it just made sense so I love telling people that real quick I just yeah. want to clarify something so in my last <laughs> podcast with Lexi we were talking about the twins and I told you about this on Sunday and she was asking me like oh like let's say Lisa and Shannon was like you know, you got, might have to take the twins for three months. Like, could you do it? Would you do it? <laughs> right. And I was like, yeah, I would definitely do it. But, you know, I, I definitely check in with Lisa and Shannon. Like, how y'all doing? How's the health or whatever? But I want to clarify that mm-hmm. Shannon is the aunt of my two godchildren who are twins. Lisa is the grandmother of mm. those twins. I just, you know, we, we're in a world where, like, you got to, uh, like, what's going on? So I just want people to know and just like give some context to that comment i remember after we released it lexi was like dang people might think that like you know lisa and shannon are like i'm like oh "Ah, i wish i would have said something but i just want to clarify that right now just so y'all yes thank you i just want to keep the integrity of what we're talking about now we are so yeah i hope that if you if you heard the first one and kind of prick that's that's the context of it so Mm -hmm. yeah auntie mom what else Yes, Lisa is my mother. So, yes, thank you. Uh, Lisa yes. is my one of my moms, and somehow right. we have a friend relationship as well. So, boom. Right. Um, what else about me? I mean, I talked about my education background. I went to Clark Atlanta University, where I have a bachelor's in science. I mean, a bachelor's in psychology, and then I went to um, Capella University, where I received the master's and. Um, child and adolescent development earned 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 earned, yeah earned the masters that was a tough one um and right now I am in the process of really picking up and really getting ready to start a new a career you know because I'm healthy and you know that's new this is a new journey like when you get a particular age it's like you're supposed to have all these boxes checked off and when you don't have them checked it's like well what am I doing wrong like why hasn't my life progressed and sometimes like I'm constantly reminded by family and friends like hey you had a whole situation you wasn't just home like being a couch potato you had a whole situation going on why you couldn't be out there why you couldn't be living your life and you know, pursuing dreams and goals. So it's like, give you, cut yourself some slack. So I think that's what I'm learning how to do, like cutting myself some slack and not looking at a clock 
like you know like I know the end you know what I'm saying sometimes that's how I'll be looking at things like I know when the when it's going to expire or when the end date is mm-hmm. but it's like maybe you just maybe I'm just at the space that I'm supposed to be at the very exact time doing the very exact thing I'm supposed to be doing yeah so yeah just kind of like taking that in and understanding that and not being so hard on myself because you know I'm pretty like organized and like I'm a checklist type of person so when I'm looking at my list of what I wanted to do or where I wanted to be and it's not checked it's like this gap it's just I'm like anxious and you're sweating it's like what am I gonna do I skipped out it's like but you're still breathing right you're still living you still have opportunities so yeah and I just want to also think about like in your journey in your health journey like like you said, you weren't out here a couch potato. You weren't being a bum. So like, right. you some grace. And not only that, you were raising three kids in the midst of a health struggle. And so uh, I just want to take it back to the beginning, right? So okay. um, me and Shan, well, I talked about it in my first, in my pilot episode about like when my life began to turn and it was... Uh, a trip to Africa really kind of changed my whole perspective on life and like what, what it is, what I need to be doing. And on that first trip, I went on that trip with Shannon. And um, I think at that time that was Shannon's second trip. Yeah. And when we were there, everything was cool. Like everything was fine. You know, we were basking in the African sun, taking in all them rays. (laughs) Taking it Um, in. (laughs) And like, yeah, it was an amazing experience. We came back, we had testimonies and like, yeah, it was great. And then, and then, and then it got fuzzy. Then it they got don't remember that. Fuzzy. I don't remember you. Like, then it got wild and take us, take us through the beginning of like, what happened once you got home? So we got home like a few days before my birthday, maybe like, let's say a week before my birthday. So my Mm -hmm. birthday is August 26th. I celebrated my birthday. I remember because we went to um, that taco place. Uh, You know what I'm talking about? Like downtown? Yeah, we went to that. I can't think of the name of the place, but we went to the taco place. Yeah. and I, even then I was feeling kind of like tired and I didn't, I couldn't understand why I was feeling so fatigued. Um, and then I remember it was a second, the first Sunday, I believe in September, mm-hmm. um, we had to sing and I literally could barely get through the service. Like I was exhausted, like winded, like no one is singing like that i i want to say no one is singing at that level on a regular sunday mm. where they are winded and they gotta catch their breath like i was asthmatic and i don't have asthma i don't have upper respiratory right yeah i got home that sunday and it's so weird because i just remember the exact date and time like i can remember what i was doing i just like was recalling it recently and i like started running a fever and immediately the thought was, oh, maybe she picked up something when she was in Africa. Mm-hmm. Everybody thought I had malaria and stuff like that. And like, I started going to see infectious disease doctors and data wasn't coming up with nothing. I had been to the ER and I've had so many of those tests to check for like infection and bacteria and nothing was coming up. And at the time, like I was seeing a rheumatologist 
but there was no, he didn't suspect anything. So it was really just management, like come seeing him every six months. It wasn't anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember telling him he's, I was like, yeah, I'm going to Africa. My former rheumatologist is Ghanaian. He was like, all right, you need to wear sunscreen because it's hot out there. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> but, um, Did so you have from sunscreen I, when you were there, mm, probably not. Uh, yeah, I just became vigilant. Don't come for me, all the people who say you're supposed to wear sunscreen. I'm fully aware of it. Thank you very much. We know I, that we're black. We know the myth. We know we that we here. can burn and the rays can affect us as well. Thank you very much. So I do wear sunscreen now. I do a lot better. But no, I didn't have on sunscreen. Um, I'm pretty sure I did it. But anyway, um, so from September all the way until I was finally admitted into the hospital in February. It was president's week. Um, I was sick that whole time and didn't have an explanation. And when Mm -hmm. I say sick, I mean fevers of 103. I couldn't keep anything down. I was vomiting. By the time I hit February, I had lost like 60 pounds. And um, the way my body shape and frame is, I don't look so well skinny. Well, uh-huh. let's talk about body and shape frame. These are the things. So like from my from my POV, right? Me and Noel's POV, because we had many conversations in the car like, yo, what's going on? Like, what is up? We we don't know what's going on. Now, if you know Shannon, you know, Shannon got hips. <laughs> I'm just going to emphasize this. Shannon got them things, okay? <laughs> and so once we start, once I started seeing this like decline in the way she looked and like in her weight and things like that. When I saw them hips go, mm. I was like, Noel, so- I look, I know something going on. What is happening? All of that is well and good, but them hips ain't there and I'm concerned, right? I was already concerned, but now I'm concerned. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, why do we see this this thing happening to our sister and there's no name to it. There is no, like, what is going on? And so I just want to give that context. Like, it's like, yeah, she's losing weight and like, yeah, 60 pounds, that's noticeable. But when them hips went, it, 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 it just got, it just got scary oh, for me yeah. personally. Like I never felt scared for someone that I cared about. And that was like a weird, that was just kind of wild, but yeah, you can continue on there. You don't look good skinny, skinny like that without hips. Oh, no, that is, that wasn't a yeah. good look for me. Um, even in my now life, like I wouldn't want to lose 60 pounds personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it was a rapid decline. Um, we were, I watched. So at the time, like I had a short haircut and I was already going to transition to growing out my perm. So I had cut my hair short shout out to Chrisette Michelle, because when I saw her cut her hair, I was like, oh, shoot, it has to happen. That's it. I was like, but why am I trying to grow out this? My hair is short anyway. It wasn't like I had long hair and I just wanted to keep them length. So I was like, I might as well just cut the perm out. So I had like a, from like September to like right before Thanksgiving, like I was just like really sick. Like I was, I couldn't keep anything down. Um, You know, the skin, everything was going. Um, But I had a break. Like they, I say Thanksgiving for like two weeks in November, like things started to look like, okay, I'm getting better. 
um, I'm kind of back to myself. You know, I had, at that point I hadn't lost 60 pounds, but I had lost some weight. I was like, Oh, I look good. You know, you saw trying on clothes, you couldn't right. fit. So I was like, still okay. But then like right after Thanksgiving, like it just went downhill. <laughs> it just started like all over again. So like the, I got a short haircut then that hair is coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, I just have like all type, my skin is like just damaged. Like I used to wear, I don't know if they remember, but like I used to have like a strong supply of band-aids because literally my fingertips it, it was like someone was taking razor blades and like my fingertips were just splitting mm. like the actual fingertips. So I was like keeping my hands covered in band-aids, um, sores mm. on my body, um, frequent nosebleeds, uh, hair was coming out, the weight was dropping. Yeah. Um, even my cognition, like my cognitive state, like I was, I, we call it brain farts or brain fog. So I was like not being able to complete sentences. Like I knew what I wanted to say, but like, I, oh, I was forgetting and like I just couldn't articulate it. Um, yeah, I was declining. What so, did you, what did you think was happening? Like, did you like, what did you actually think was going on with you? Cause this is like before you had a diagnosis, right? Yeah. So um, it's like, if all of these things are like happening in your body, you, you notice that something is wrong. Like what was kind of going through your mind of like, like in my, like, what am I, what's happening? At first I did think maybe I picked up something in Africa because when I was there, um, we, our tent, once we had packed up our tent, we realized that there was like these ants on, like we were on ants. Mm-hmm. And I oh, woke yeah, up. Remember, I woke up and on my forearms, I had like all these red yeah. disc-shaped um things on my arm. They didn't itch. They didn't hurt. They didn't like. I only realized it because I had like you know looked at my arm, rolled up my sleeves, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, maybe something bit me, or I picked something up. It's very possible. Um, but once I had been to like a thousand infectious disease doctors in the ER and they couldn't find anything. At that point, I was like, well, I don't have a clue. And my mother kept saying, like, you need to make an appointment with your rheumatologist. And at that time, like, I didn't have, I mean, I really could have just advocated for myself, but like, I really need an appointment, but I didn't even have the strength to do that. Like, I didn't have, I didn't have enough in me to like, kind of fight that phone call. Yeah. And I didn't also didn't have like this strong relationship with my rheumatologist yet. Like, we wasn't. I won't say we were, we were buddies, but like we were close. Cause mm-hmm. like I had a cell phone number. That's how it was. That's how it became later on. Like we had, yeah, I had yeah, a cell yeah. phone number. And um, so I didn't call the rheumatologist, right? I ended up going to an infectious disease doctor. And he was like, you don't have something on our panel, but you probably really need to see a rheumatologist. And that's what I remember he told me, but I, I still didn't do that. And I remember, um, and I also became combative with people in my house for, I don't know if that was a part of the illness or. Well, what what was happening in the household? Like, oh what did everyone God. around you think? Like, yeah, let's talk about Listen, that. <laughs> and th- this is a house of believers. And I love to tell this story because somewhere along the line, I don't know if we've done it as Christians or maybe the world has interpreted it as such as that once you become a Christian, everything in your life is grand. Like you don't have problems. You don't struggle. You don't have to seek. Like, I don't know where 
that narrative has come from like I said I don't know if it was us or it's just I don't know the world is interpreted but literally all hell was breaking loose in my house all capital h-e-l-l it was breaking it's like as it should not as it should but like it should be expected possibly just for those Mm -hmm. who may be new believers like you've made a conscious decision to serve the lord right so in you serving the lord you are in direct in direct conflict with the world and flesh and everything that the enemy rules so he is going to get mad he is now going to tempt he's now going to try to shake your faith right especially after you making this confession or at least living a lifestyle of wanting to like please god as a result the enemy does not want you to complete that mission he actually wants you to backtrack and so i just want to throw that out there for those like with that misconception like oh like i just gave my life to christ everything should be cool like everything should be good no but you are now more equipped to now deal with whatever is being thrown at you and you have the tools and access to god to be able to fight and to be able to overcome because out of your salvation there is victory already granted to you right just want to throw that little in there but yeah what was going on in your household of believers (laughs) so like my so we have these kids so i mean it's public knowledge like i have a sister who was struggling and who who couldn't raise her kids right Mm -hmm. so kind of dropped them off in a sense literally kind of drop off and so now we have these two these set of twins who were preemie but thank god they didn't really have any health issues they were they are premature but they didn't have any real health issues um two little adorable little bundles they are they really are yeah i might throw a picture i might put a picture oh they're so cute then i had then they have a brother who at the time i believe was three and then i have a little brother who i believe was four because him and his uncle are like uh maybe 13 14 months apart yeah yeah so that that was happening um so you got four small people four small people two in diapers one in a pull-up you just come on come on um my mom was working full-time at a hospital and and was in full-time ministry and if anybody knows my mother she's super dedicated um she will go do what God has called her to do, even if she had bullet wounds, like fresh ones. Like mm-hmm. she'll just kind of pack it and kind of do what yep. she got. To do. She that's, different. She different. That's, that's who she is. She's like, like a, she's a living adventure. She's, <laughs> she's ready. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. She's ready for it. Um, my dad is a contractor, and work was had come to a complete halt. So we're a two family income my house can't could not run on just my mother's income um but even though my father did not work from i want to say september and he did not literally he went back to work in february after he took me to the hospital then he started working um so all of that time he doesn't have like a steady income like he because he's skilled like he's doing like these odd jobs and like his own type personal contracts but like the money just wasn't coming in as quickly um and this was like we got to trust god i mean god really did provide he provided for the twins um and sometimes it's like you 
the whole idea like God provides is like God provided me with a great job so that I can have a lot of money, which is, is provision. Right. But mm-hmm. if it's like, I don't have that, but God is still, people are coming into my life and they're blessing me. They're dropping things like that's provision. Yeah. But sometimes I'd be like, I want the other kind of provision. Like God gives me like a wonderful job or a lump sum of money. And then yeah, I can yeah. do it that way. Not the I'm waiting on what is God going to do for me today kind of sense. Right, right. So that's happening, right? You know, when money is not coming in and you can't pay all your bills on time and you have kids who are in private school, you have kids, you have a set of twins, so now we got to buy two of everything. I can remember my father was saying when they had to go into Target, he just, they just stood and like babies are us very sad because they <laughs> knew they had to get two of everything. And it was like, <laughs> is it my father? My mother said it was just quiet for like a few minutes. They just stood there in the middle of the baby aisle. Like, yeah. But That's again, wild. people got provided. People bought Pampers and. Mm-hmm. We had to do formula. We It was like a whole thing. So that is happening in the house. And my sister is with her own struggles and all of that jazz. And now I'm sick. So I'm home, but I'm sick, very sick, and left yeah. to care for these premature children, which I will say is that the Lord did that. Yeah. Even to this day, like I, because I couldn't even hold my own body weight, but for some reason, like I could get strength. So this twin, twin A, Soraya, she had like some hole that hadn't closed in the back of her throat. It was going to close, but sometimes milk stuff would get stuck back there and she would start like gagging. All I had to do was like kind of pick her up, but I had to be quick, jump off, off the couch. Those were the mm-hmm. moments that I had the strength. Right. Or if I had to like really care for them in the middle of the night and that type of thing. But they were really good twins. They were really they wasn't fussy. Thank they really them. were. Um, they weren't like, yeah, they wasn't necessarily like needed extra care because they were premature. So all of that is happening. Tensions are high a little bit. And like my father, my father is a Caribbean West Indian Dominican man. And he's going to work. That's how they were mm-hmm. raised. So he went out the house every single day. Like he was just not not home trying to work. But when he's coming home, he's like seeing his oldest daughter um, just deteriorating. And it was yeah. like driving him crazy. Now he's a, he's a man of God. He's a believer. And it got to the point, there was this one day where it's like my mother figured if I could, if she could just do something, maybe if she get off the couch and walk around and my mom is like y'all know i'm not being lazy Bruh, right clearly right. i did it like y'all are not thinking with all of the brain cells that god is giving yeah. y'all y'all are not using spiritual discernment right now y'all are being i mean ultimately <laughs> ultimately they're panicking they are right. panicking so are panicking. it's like it's out of that like that's where they're coming from yeah. and i'm like i just i just need y'all to think this one through i don't need an activity Okay, I don't need an assignment. What I need, I'm I need, sick. I need, I need help. help. I need, I need help. help. I need medicine. I need, I need something. Give I need me a, a hug. I need a hug. Point, like, whatever the drugs are, I'm taking them. <laughs> um, My father was so upset with me one Saturday because I, he went out, I was on the couch. He came home, I was on the couch. I didn't even Lord. sleep in my room for like all those months. Like I never went, I just stayed in the living room on yeah, the couch. Yeah. 
Um, he took everything out of my closet, like off the hand. He just threw everything on the floor. And I'm like, now you know that don't make no sense. I'm like, so one of my siblings felt so bad. He just kind of helped me put it back together. And I just feel like you, okay, okay. Come on, I don't come on, yeah. <laughs> I, I need I need the deacons of the church. Like, y'all gotta come and help this guy. He is losing it. He's yeah. losing it. And I always think about how other people would see me. Like I, you never consider like, hey, you're sick and you're experiencing all of this illness and this pain. But it's like, how your loved ones like when they see you? Yeah. Like, what are they experiencing? How are they feeling? Um, that kind of thing. So, yeah, which is it just got worse. Like it didn't get better. And then there was a strong point where I felt like, well, I had decided that I wasn't going back to another doctor. We were done with that. And the only way you was going to get me there, you would have to, have, you have had to drag me literally. Yeah. I wasn't going to another doctor to get the same results, which was nothing. And I just figured like, it just seems like this is how I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. And I kind of got comfortable in that. Like this looked like I'm going to die. Like this is how I'm going to die. And that was really my position. Yeah. I was really waiting to die, I guess. I didn't want to die. I just didn't want to die and like the kids kind of be home. Yeah. That's, but that's wild to have those kind of thoughts. Like Mm -hmm. now you're starting to get, it's like you're starting to cross this threshold of like, okay, this is what it is. Um, It's like almost seeing like someone get to a point where they're like, all right, you know, all my stuff is in this cabinet. You know, mm-hmm. something happened because I don't. It could happen at any point. This is what I want. People start talking like that, and it's like, yeah, oh, exactly wait, how I was talking. Wait, wait, like, wait, why are we becoming accepting of this situation? What What's going on? And just as someone who was there, and like you know, we would come. Me and Noel would come over, you know, a lot, and we're like, I think at some point we were like, well, let's. We don't know what's really going on let's like get her things to comfort her. I don't yeah. know. Like we were just coming over with stuff like, Hey, I remember I bought you like, bought you a Snuggie. I was like, Oh, this yeah. is, Oh yeah. She gonna love this Snuggie. Yep. Bought her this Snuggie and it was like leopard print. We were like, yeah, you know, remember, yep. remember? Like, yeah. Remember you're fashionable, you know, like you, you know, you like this stuff. And like, we were just like, yo, that's what are so we true. Do what what's going on like I never thought I would have a feeling or like that someone close to me is like going down a road where I can't handle uh I can't handle a call that's just what it is I can't right. handle a call I'm not I'm not there and so to see that happening it was just kind of like we were we were really like I, I don't know like when we get in the house we're like Hey, what girl? You okay? Yeah. You up? Yeah. All right. You sitting up? <laughs> yeah. We would walk out that house and be like, "What is going on? Like, what yeah. are we gonna do?" And so, yeah, just to give context, that I know one, I know your parents were panicking. I know your father was panicking because he's like, he's very emotional. Like he's mm-hmm. sensitive. So I know that that was taking a toll. On top of the fact that his other daughter is kind of like out here walling and like these twins it's just a lot of factors happening yeah. so yeah that's wild um when what was the turning point right so we get through the panic we get through 
he done took your clothes, threw them out because it's all so he knew he, to do. <laughs> like, it's such a Roy thing to do. Like, you know it what? Is, like, so ah. dramatic. Like, what the? <laughs> and what? What did we learn from this? What, what did, did we, we learn from this? What did we do? <laughs> like, what was the outcome you were seeing? Like, oh, miraculously, strength will rise up in her. She will put herself back in the closet. She is not sick anymore. Like, mm -hmm. what did you think? Like, what did he, I want to know, like, what know. were you thinking with it? But it was just out of, he's like, it's all I could do. <laughs> this is all I can do. do something, do something with yourself. I'm like, <laughs> y'all, y'all know what's happening. I mean, we don't have a name for what's happening, right. but we know something is happening. Something is happening. I just chuckled. I was like, unbelievable. But yeah, just to say like, Noel and Kim were like, really, I've, I needed that though, because those were moments where I could laugh and I could smile through the pain. Um, the company was important. The gifts, like Noel, like you know, I love makeup and heels, and I couldn't do any of those things. Like I couldn't yeah. walk, and heels was that was off. That was out. She bought me these really dope clogs and these black shoes and in my mind i'm like this is so nice but she know darn well i cannot get, i can't do anything with these <laughs> we were just trying to get but anything the heart, to like the thing like i could feel like the heart like you know you're gonna get back to that or yeah. you know what I'm saying but even like wondering like what do they what do they think after the fact like mm -hmm. that kind of stuff i think about now like how did they feel because i mean y'all pretty much was coming over like almost every day it felt like yeah um but yeah, so the turning point, there was a moment. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, I I'm gonna stand by the fact that I believe that the Holy Spirit revealed to me what it was. I was being combative with my mother, really just trying to explain to them, like, I cannot do this. I cannot, I can't whatever you whatever you think I can do, I cannot do. And why like Y'all hear from the Lord, like what is happening? Y'all mm -hmm. hear the Holy Spirit speaks to y'all. What's 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 happening? Why y'all don't have a word? Like why is God not giving? Like I was that kind of attitude. Like why yeah. the Holy Spirit not speaking to y'all? Why y'all don't have a word yet? Like that kind of thing. Like, and I literally could hear it so loudly. I could hear the word lupus, and then I still had an attitude. I was like, I don't even know what that is. One, I don't know what it is. I think I've heard of it, but like to explain what it is, what it like, I didn't know anything about that. Mm. And I remember saying, I don't got no lupus. And my mom was like, what? And then I just, that's the conversation just kind of ended there. And then I want to say like January, my father started coming into the living room where I was sleeping. And my father's not loud, but my father was every morning at the same time was coming in to pray. Mm -hmm. And I just knew he was, I would like wake up and I would see him like on the floor in prayer he did that for weeks every single day until yeah. um i don't know what he was praying about i don't know i don't know any of that but what i do know is that something broke in me that i could say okay i'll go to the doctor because mm. at that point i was like i'm not going i'm gonna die here i can remember telling my i used to have my great-grandmother's ring and i remember telling my sister joey i was like oh you can have that and the makeup 
like literally just kind of giving out things that were important to me. Oh my gosh. Where my pictures were. I had I had just previously had like a wonderful year. Like I had just graduated from college. And, um I was going to grad school. I had a, like I had a plan like I was about to get into the Department of Education. I had an interview that I couldn't complete cuz I was too sick. It's all of that kind of stuff. So you're just watching everything that you work so hard for that, you know, just not come to fruition, like kind of just go yeah. down the toilet. So once that, that was a Friday, that was a Friday. I said, I'll go to the doctor. My father was like, okay, this is like one of the, he just didn't leave. He didn't go to work. He didn't go do anything that day. I went to see my primary care doctor as a walk-in visit. And when I got there, this my doctor, he was an older Jewish man and he started flipping out. I mean, I think he was yelling at my father actually. And I just had like this manic smile, like, cause I just always was aloof sometimes, just like days, like, where is she? Yeah. And he was like, why is she this sick? Why haven't y'all brought her in? What the heck? And like, he was like, panicking because people generally don't be coming into their primary that sick like you go to the yeah. er for stuff like that or 60 pounds lighter yeah he was, the last time they my, seen the last time i saw him was in august or yeah before i went to ghana because he's the one who gave me the malaria pill that's right. the last time i saw him <laughs> what happened yeah um he hooks me up gives me oxygen and takes um he took like, this blood sample because my heart rate was like all over the place calls the ambulance um, my father just humbled out because it was nothing he could say. It was like, uh, yeah. take me to take me to the hospital. Um, my mother was at work and she was in a, a staff meeting, and my sister calls her. It says the, uh, the ambulance took Shannon. She's having a stroke. I wasn't having a stroke, but she said she's having a stroke. So my mother is in a staff meeting trying to figure out how she's going to say that like everybody at the job knew that I was sick and going through whatever. Mm-hmm. So my mother's like, all right, I have to say this. And my mother is not, I mean, she cries clearly, but like, that's not like her. She only cries like twice a year, right? Literally. This was the one of two. She, this has been the second time she cried over this. She said, as soon as she opened her mouth, she just started weeping in the staff meeting. Everybody was like, oh my God. So we, she gets to the hospital. My father's there. They, you know, they do what they got to do. They was like, we're clearly going to admit you. Um, We're going to admit you to the cardiac floor because your heart rate is, it's not at rest. Your heart rate is not where it's supposed to be. It's too fast mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And we don't want you to stroke out or whatever. Right. Spend time. I, mean, I think I spent seven to 10 days in the hospital. I got good old steroids. Didn't know anything about that, but I knew they made me feel better. I was like, oh, I can do everything. I can build something. Like I was, I can tell you about the steroid story later, but I get out the hospital. I go for my follow-up maybe a week later, maybe something like that. If not less, my father takes me. I go see my rheumatologist and he, at that moment, he confirms, I confirms that it was like by looking at my charts looking at my er visit um because for the most part when you go into the er like the idea with lupus is to treat the lupus not all the stuff that the flare is causing so Mm -hmm. clearly if if i have a rapid heart rate like i gotta deal with that but you really gotta treat 
the actual lupus. That's mm-hmm. always been his method. He said the ER doesn't always do that. Um, they just start running every test. But I get to him. He says he confirms what I had heard a couple of weeks before. Mm-hmm. Like just kind of heard it. And uh, he said, yeah, you have, it's lupus. And then he started me like, okay, this is what the regiment, this is what I want us to do. And I'm like, okay. And I leave the, I leave the office with my father, we in the parking lot. And I just started weeping. I just, then I, and, and I was, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that I have, I know what it is. It's confirmed. Like, at least I know something. I wasn't losing my mind, yeah. but like, I'm feeling real emotional now that I know now, like, yeah. Those steroids don't play like my moods was all over the place but man. i think I- it's also because it gives like you actually are able to give a name to this thing right so not it was a relief but not only that it's like it makes it really real like dang i have this like right. now okay i have this autoimmune Mm-hmm. like this is what it was this whole time and this so the realization that now I have to live with this thing that I think that's that creates that breakdown of like oh my gosh like before we just thought oh there's something happening we don't know hopefully it's mm-hmm. not permanent but now it's like right I have a disease I have a disease yeah. like just thinking like even the word I have like I mean after a while like it was like, am I taking ownership of this thing? Mm. I have lupus. Yeah. Um, living that out. Um, and what I don't know, I don't even know what it is. Like, I don't, I haven't done any research. I don't know what it is. Like, whatever medication they take giving me, I'm taking. I don't even really know the side effects of it because I just feel better. Mm-hmm. And I really I sympathize with both communities. I simp- I'm like all about wellness i'm all about healthy living and eating and not necessarily like i don't bash pharmaceutical medication or pharma i mean i know they have their you know they're not perfect i know about that maybe out here tripping i totally understand when hold on one second it's like nobody calls me this much during the day and i just feel like why are y'all not always and it's just be my mother who be wanting to chat. That's another. That's another podcast. Literally, <laughs> we like best friends. Um, literally. Um. What was I saying? Oh, I sympathize with people who like. I took that pharmaceutical medication because I felt better. I went what September, October, November, December, January, five months in pain. Yeah. Oh, no break. And then you gave me this pill and it makes me feel better. No questions asked. And I took it, you know what I'm saying? And I don't regret it. But so I understand it's like, until you've had excruciating pain, don't tell me about, don't talk to me about pharmaceutical medications and why I shouldn't take them and why I should. Herbs and stuff are perfect. They work, you know, God's herbs, they grow from the ground. Like they work. Don't get me wrong, but um so yeah so um I just thought it was gonna be over Mm -hmm. I got a diagnosis I got the meds and I could start my life I think I had gotten into I had I got into LIU but I couldn't I got into a grad program but I couldn't I couldn't go in the fall 
So I was like, I had it all lined up. I was like, I'm going back to that interview. I'm going to grad school in the spring. I was like, we gonna pick up where we like. We had a little, we had a break, but I'm back. Right. But then it didn't go that way. Not, not, not whatsoever. It didn't even look that way. Mm, not so, really. Uh, so how long between you? Um, can you hear me? Yeah. So how long between? Um, you getting your diagnosis, you're getting, you got the steroids, you're out here, um, you're feeling up, right? I well, I won't, I won't pull that in here. Um, <laughs> I'm now curious what you're gonna say. <laughs> I was about to say because I felt like you was, you were doing things during that time too that I, I was saying like, yo, that girl got roid rage, like she oh, yeah. chill out, right? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so I was about to say you got some bouts of void rage, but like <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. Um, you get through all of that, and then I want to kind of fast forward a little bit, right? Because mm-hmm. in between there, you do have some flares, right? But it's not as uh as crazy as as the past, right? Because you didn't mm-hmm. have any medicine, you don't have a diagnosis, and so I really want to get to the beautiful part of this where. Um, I've, I've watched you come through it and you've built like this resilience. You, you've the fact that like, I guess after you got your diagnosis, you begin to, you go back to school online and you get your master's, even seeing you do that in the midst of a flare and all of that, Mm -hmm. you still trying to like, nah, I got to read this thing. I got to do this thing. And it's like, it's just beautiful how like God uses these opportunities to build us and we think it's like a a moment of weakness but it's like god is and we were talking about this last night too like in our that scripture of like in our weakness god is made strong god's strength is actually made perfect not just strong Mm -hmm. but it's made perfect and so wherever that strength needs to go it's the perfect amount of strength to get you through to push you through and when I think of that, I think of 2020. I think mm-hmm. of how COVID was like, that was a strong, uh, <laughs> that was a weakness in the world, uh, right? Yeah. And so in that, I feel like the Lord's strength and the Lord's power and the Lord's faithfulness was made perfect in that time, especially for you, because mm-hmm. I feel like I don't want to give up the well, I'll let you talk about 2020. What did that mean for you? How did you feel? Did you feel like, dang, I'm just living with lupus and maintaining? Or did you feel like this this turn where it's like, it's off me? Um, When COVID became, like, you know, you start hearing talks about it. I remember first hearing about it. We, we was in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, we was in Baltimore. Which, this is very weird. But, like, you know how the things pop up on your phone, like memories? Mm-hmm. And like we were on March 6th was the day we were, I'm, ass- I'm assuming actually March 7th is the day we came back because they mm-hmm. said that it was like this national right, emergency, right, right. Oh, wow. state yeah. of emergency, which is like literally today we was probably at home about to set up in mm-hmm. 2020 to not be at work Going, and all that stuff. So doing nothing. Uh, it's kind of crazy. Um. I remember getting first. I was like, "Oh, I'm." I just did not believe anything they were saying. I'm like, "They hyping us up? Why are they trying to scare us?" Yeah. 
before we even talked about their fear tactics and how the media was being used or they, I was just like, I'm not paying attention to this, blah, blah, blah. Fast forward to 2020, the world is shut down. And I say the world because there are so many things open. Oh, the world. (laughs) My name is Shannon. That little girl is like, you're quoting things that is actually, (laughs) I like, (laughs) my name is, but, um, I remember having to go at the time I was working at the church Mm. and, um, the church was still open. Um, and I remember saying, um, well, you know, my mother was like, are you going to go out? Cause my mother had gotten to it with somebody like, you know, they needed me to come down for something because someone else who had like an upper respiratory autoimmune couldn't come because of COVID. And my mother was like, oh, she does too. (laughs) I'm saying like, she will go, but like, don't do that. I was like, mom, pipe, pipe down, pipe down, Lisa, pipe down, Lily. And I remember saying like, one, I needed to go pick up my mother's glasses and I was going to the church anyway. And I remember walking outside to the bus, like, well, we lord you got me through lupus um and you're getting me through it and um i don't see why you would not get me through covid and when i say get me through like a strategy right not just out here just all willy-nilly just right we're not in out in the streets coughing and just like walking into danger (laughs) like yeah yeah, like let me just when i say god is gonna keep us like god gives you a strategy people um Or what to do. And I just left the house and didn't look back. Um, nobody was really on the bus. Nobody. This is like the very top of like nothing had actually been like shut down. It was a Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, that was probably like the last weekend. Everything was kind of like open. I remember going down to the church and doing whatever. Um, and, you know, COVID, let me just say like, COVID was a real thing. People really died. People, families were really distraught and turned upside down. Our children were really stuck in the house, could mm-hmm. not do socialize. Like so many kids struggle with socialization because if I was in the house at four and I couldn't leave the house, like so many things, but that had to be the one of the best years of my life like the last time I was admitted was right before COVID so it was like 19 no like 2020 uh was that in hospital 2020 no I was in the hospital that yeah. that previous December yeah I was in the high I was in there for Christmas yeah I couldn't remember what came before 2020. So nobody yeah, don't come like, for me. I was about to say 1999, <laughs> but I was like, that ain't it. Like, no, that- only one year that was right before it. It just went away. I was like, well, it ain't 1999, yeah. but y'all can fill in the blanks. Thanks, y'all. Um, that's that brain fart. Literally. <laughs> like I was admitted. That was the last time I was admitted was in 2019 of that that christmas season because i was in the hospital christmas day which was trash let me just put that out there um that was the last time i was admitted and then 2020 comes around and it's like um i'm out here in these streets you know during covid and the whole glove mask thing did not work because it didn't make sense to me um because you know anybody listening to this podcast if you from new york especially the bronx like it's always been nasty Bruh. and i just feel like we should have been wearing masks 
and gloves. Yeah. Riding public transportation. That should have been a requirement because it's nasty. But, you know, and it's two, not- it was like, even though, like, we, God gave us immune systems. He gave us great defense to fight. But I also was taking immunosuppressant drugs that mm. suppressed my immune system so that I wouldn't have lupus flares. So that also made me vulnerable to pretty much anything. So if you had a cold, if you had anything, like I was like very vulnerable to that kind of yeah. stuff. So I had to take all that into consideration. So um, I really just started being vigilant. Like us, my church or our church, my my mom, my aunt, like doing research and started taking different types of supplements and really um, our church, I love it that our church really started talking about health mm-hmm. and yeah. how, like, just because God has given us this great immune system, like he created us with this great immune system. Like we do have to take care of ourselves. Like you yeah. can't just eat junk and process food and expect this to work properly. Literally. Like, so we started talking about health and we started talking about exercising and eating right and supplements. And like, it was like a whole it was like a thing, like a whole chat. Like people was like, yeah. people had information. They were, sh- we were sharing it with each other because like, you know, God wants us to be healthy people. Like he wants us to take care of our bodies. Like this is, you know what I'm saying? So I started being more vigilant with that. And at the time I still was going to infusion therapy. Um, I still was taking immunosuppressant drugs. I still was going out you know, going to church because our church was open. Shout out. Thank you, Lord. Come on. Shout out. Our doors did not close. Shout out. And I mean, if you look at it now, sadly, those churches that were closed, some churches in New York, like just opened last year and they are suffering because of that. And I just, that God's grace would. Yeah. That's all I got to say about that. It really matters just a little sidebar it really matters where you go to church and what they're preaching and what they are um you know ultimately teaching and just like i'm grateful that we go to a place where our pastor hears from the lord Mm -hmm. and not only hears from the lord but like like even the resource and you know pastor just talked about this this past sunday like the resources that come to us like when you want to obey God and when that's your real intent, the Lord makes a way of escape. And so even sending that that video or that audio of what was happening spiritually during that time and how that moved him to say, okay, no, get to the church. Whoever can get to the church, get to the church. We're, we're staying right. open. Um, like if you are not already intentional about how you're serving God and intentional about like, what your real motive is. And it's not to discredit other churches and say that now that they don't have the right motives. That's not what I'm getting at. Right. Right. But when you really are submitting yourself to God, you, you reap the benefit of that. And so like the Lord knew that us being closed would not be beneficial to the health of our body. Right. So us being open that whole time, it saved us because I don't know what would have happened during that time if pastor if the if god did not like put it in pastor's heart to speak out about like what's actually happening or right people who have been kind of looking at 
you know, when we think of like comparative religion and how we're going through that, like just privy to the, to this information, like mm -hmm. uh, something might be actually happening in the background and we need to be aware of these things. Like yeah. all of that doesn't come if I'm not already like in a position to like receive mm -hmm. from God. Cause it could sound like, you know, people hear this stuff and be like, oh, that's a conspiracy theory. Like people oh, can you're go nuts. there. Yeah, you're like nuts you're, nuts. you're crazy. But like, no, that's you got to be able to discern when it's like, mm, no, there's some truth to this. And now, Lord, yeah, I need like, you to help me like understand filter it. that out and understand. Yeah. And so, yeah, it matters where you go and it matters, it matters where you are where planted you and wherever you are planted, you, you got to fall in line with where you're planted because then it's like, well, what are you there for then? Like, if you're mm -hmm. not going to, if you're not going to agree or listen to the, to the leadership of where you are, well then, I don't know, you might be in a position where you got to ask God where you should be. Just right. I mean, false prophets is a real thing. It's real, especially today. Especially today. Like, you know, people with itchy ears and people yeah. looking like sheep, but they're actually wolves, you know, that whole scripture. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thank God because it's not like, uh, and my, our pastor has talked about it publicly. He's talked about it like online that he just thought like, okay, well, I'm going to just record sermons and the, the singing group is going to record songs. And like right. that whole process didn't even work Did not because he said like he had recorded some stuff. It would not render we went in to record songs. They it didn't record. And they was like some of our best singing. It didn't record. I started running a fever out the blue. Like everything was like, and I still wasn't like thinking like, well, why is this ain't working? Like, like what are we going to do Sunday morning? But I love the fact is that I could truly say that our pastor loves the Lord and he wants to do what God is telling him to do. Not how he's feeling. I mean, he had his own, I mean, I don't know if he, not that he was fearful, but he, we just didn't know what was happening. Yeah, we didn't know. Which is natural. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. yeah, I don't want to expose my congregation to something that could be deadly and harmful, but it's like, you know, we, you, we can't be out here quoting if God be for us and singing all God will fight for it. Like we sing all these songs and we read these scriptures and these things are real, but it's like, when do you put that in play? So it's like God had to give him the Holy Spirit had to give him a plan. Okay, this is what you're gonna do. And then like the, the, like like she was saying, like people in our congregation, there was a woman who had been doing research for decades, and now yeah. it was the time to like start bringing this information to the congregation. Yeah. Um. And God had everything had everything in play. So it's like faith over fear is a real thing. You know what I'm saying? Like no one said that we wasn't nervous or wanted to be cautious or like we didn't know what to do but it's like the big question is like am i going to listen to what the lord is saying or am i going to do my own thing because i'm afraid right. you just got to make it what's the what's your choice what are you going right. to choose right. so you know 2020 was a huge year for the world and that i felt that was like my healthiest year honestly like i didn't go to the hospital that year. I wasn't admitted that year. My medication started to, I ended up getting a new rheumatologist. My medications decreased. My health started getting better. Um, um, even my, I mean, we don't always talk when you're sick or have an illness, like we don't always talk about the mental health, mm. what happens there emotionally. 
psychologically, spiritually, like, like all the stuff that is happening on that on that end. And um, I had an opportunity to, um, so we still made videos, we still posted, but like we were open on Sunday. And I had an opportunity to work with our children's ministry and I started creating, I had a segment called, I called it Throwback Thursdays. And we, I had just like the list of scriptures that I had to work with for every week. And I started creating content um, for our website for children. And it hit me. Like I always loved work. I've always worked with kids, but I didn't necessarily want to be a teacher, like in a classroom, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But I, I was like, well, what? can I actually do with children? And I started creating content and it was good. There were good videos and I was like writing it and producing it. And um, I, my sister, Joey, she was editing it. And my sister, Juju was assisting me um, because I told them to. <laughs> and I was like, I am creating good stuff. So like, even out of that, like I realized that, oh, I'm good at this and I love doing it. Um, um, sometimes I was doing it when I wasn't feeling a hundred percent, but I was still doing it. So I started creating content and it was really good making videos and mini movies and working with the twins in between the asynchronized lessons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think you're creative. Um, I just want to say like this conversation has been like great and just I guess recapping and I think it's always beneficial to <laughs> kind of go back and just like kind of talk up th through the things that you've gotten through and overcame and mm -hmm. yeah I just think it's this has been I hope it's really beneficial to people I feel like it is and I just pray that everyone is like receiving it well um I don't even I don't know but I guess one of my last questions is um do you feel like you are healed from from lupus? Hmm. I will say yes. I strongly believe that I'm healed from living, seeing everything through the lens of lupus, if that makes sense. Like mm -hmm. um, kind of waiting or even anticipating the next flare, right? Like mm -hmm. a lot, like I lived that, for a long period like looking at the seasons looking at the weather knowing like this is the time I flare like kind of arranging my life based on when the next flare is going to happen so yeah. do I still have a lupus diagnosis if they run blood work yes I still have a diagnosed uh, medical diagnosis of lupus however I'm not living my life like I have a lupus if it makes mm. sense do I take care of my body and stuff like that? Yeah, sure. But I'm living my life like I God has healed me from that thing mentally Amen. first, right? He's Amen. healed me from it, not owning it, not kind of embracing it like it belongs to me and kind of just moving. And even if, I would say God forbid, even if I was to get severely ill again, I just feel like I have the tool and I have, I have the faith and, you know, and I have, I have all these things that God has given me and imparted to me during this journey to kind of get me through it. Like, I know it's not the end of the world. I know mm -hmm. that God is not out to get me. I know that he's not setting me up to like, yeah. I like all of those thoughts that I was having is like, 
why is this is how God is going to take me out? Like kind of really blaming the Lord for, you know, for this happening. Um, and like, he's like this trickster, like all the, just the weird things that I was thinking and feeling. Um, so yeah, I would say I'm living a life that is healed and whole from it. And, um, just looking from a different lens, looking from a different set of eyes yeah. and not living my life for the next flare kind of feel. That's dope. That's dope. I mean, when I look at you and if you know, Shannon, like the girl is healed. Right. And I love, I love the way you phrased it in that. Uh, yes. Like I feel like your, your medicine count is like significantly yeah. lower than before. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course, yeah, you do things to maintain your wholeness, maintain your health, which is what all of us should be doing, right? If right. God delivers me from anything, like, yes, we celebrate the deliverance, we celebrate that, but you, you must maintain mm -hmm. that deliverance and make sure that you're in a position where you're, you're constantly like edifying yourself, constantly encouraging yourself, constantly literally like adding to yourself spiritually and so yeah the girl is healed y'all I'm just gonna put it out there like that like and I say that also thinking about all the things that you've accomplished out of it um I think about the fact that you've was able to get a master's out of it right you start to get this realization of like where you where you kind of see yourself either in ministry or just in life after the flares mm -hmm. and everything right um you making content for kids and having you know it's all scripture based and all of that and um I'm, I'm excited because one even us doing this podcast right like this is a right. part of that journey a part of that process and you um not only becoming whole but staying whole like right you gotta you gotta continue the process and it's like god is god is doing a lot of interesting things with us <laughs> this time and just what like making strange. us aware and just drawing us closer to him honestly like and right. I'm and I'm really grateful for that and I see it happening with other people around us like our other sisters like it's happening and so yeah. that's that's good news that is good, good news. news and so yes. I want to just thank Shannon for joining us today not only that she will be joining us regularly as long uh, along with Lexi and some other folk and yeah any like ending words or parting words I don't I don't know you have anything um, on the spot <laughs> I'm just I would say you know how we use words like season and fellowship I would say I'm in a season uh -huh. Aha. You gotta squint your eyes when people say Yeah, like ah, I'm in a season uh, of um uh, mm -hmm. a really gratitude and yeah, I'll just leave it there. I'm really grateful. And I would say, like, no, all I don't have everything that I would like right now. Mm -hmm. Um, there are things that I am I'm learning how to wait on the Lord, um, enjoy. Uh, with peace and I'm learning how to do those things so yeah like I don't have you know there's things I just don't have right now that I would I really want mm -hmm. and you know God is really teaching me how to wait but I really and overall am 
really grateful for what I've been through and what I've gained from it. Um, like realizing like, you know, I am really a strong person, like not in my own strength, of course, but like God is strengthening me and I'm seeing him at work in my life and where he was, even when I felt like he wasn't there. Um, so I would say that I am extremely grateful for where I'm at now and where, where I'm going and, you know, what God's going to have me, what he wants me to create and the spaces that he's going to place me in you know, where I could really be a witness, um, really for the Lord. So I would say that I'm grateful for, like, again, for the podcast, for this, being able to talk about really my, my testimony and talk about what I've been through. And that's just like a very small percentage of what it looked like, because it wasn't always, even once I was feeling better, like it was so much, so many other things I had to contend with, you Mm -hmm. know, and dealing with, jealousy and bitterness and just a whole a whole heap of things right you know what I'm saying like I really had to deal with all of those things and it wasn't going away because I like closed my eyes and hoped hoped them away like it, it, it wasn't going away like that so like yeah and just looking at where I'm at now and the age that I'm at now knowing that there's still so much that I can accomplish and there's still so much that you know I can get off the ground and be successful in knowing that not looking at time from my own human perspective, but like understanding that God like really operates outside of time and like time does not restrict the Lord. He does not have a calendar necessarily, like in the sense where he's like, Oh, we missed it. Oh, I can't do this. Cause like, no, I, I just, God don't see time. Like I see time, you know? So grateful, definitely gratitude and just, um, I really do have expectations for great things to happen and for, for me to have to be able to work hard at it. That's fine. Like I'm, I'm expecting that. And, um, yeah, like I love this podcast. I really just hope people tune in, check it out, share it because it's a space where, um, it's necessary for the world, not just for other believers who are listening, but, non-believers skeptics just people i just like just just people pray that you guys would um definitely hit us up in the comments if you have any thoughts any ideas anything you kind of wanted us to talk about more or chop it up with shannon please if you're on youtube hit us up in the comments we want to know your thoughts and know uh what you think of the topic what you think of the episode and so yeah um i love you guys jesus loves y'all I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.